0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. Today, we are talking all about, guess what, attraction-based marketing. But we're going to cover a specific niche on a question I get a little bit here and there. Because let's face it, some people have different personalities. Some people are really cheesy. Some people are really funny. Some people are really boring. Some people are this, some people are that. But how do you create video content for the uh, luxury space? The agents that are dealing with the 750 plus buyers or depending on what your market is and what defines luxury, how do you create video content that is not necessarily goofy, but you could still cater towards a luxury market? So I get a call, I get an email. I talked to this dude before in the past. I remember him calling me one day. He's asking me some questions. He's been on the show. This show, he told me before he got on the podcast here, it sort of motivated him to get out there and start creating video content. And he started doing it. He's really good on camera, but this dude focuses on the high end like I think he has like 20 listings something like that we'll hear it in just a second but how is he creating video content to adapt to that luxury market man I'm curious to see what he's going to say so without further ado we're gonna go ahead and welcome our guest. he's got a weird last name but he told me how to pronounce it and it's like earlobe so Brian Loeb Kerr and I think I fucking nailed that what's up Brian thank you for coming on to the show how you doing buddy
1: what's up my man that's the last time I'm gonna use that analogy for the last name <laughs> No no Gil, give, give our uh, give our listeners a little bit of who you are and whatnot, and let's get on into this. How you doing, everyone? Brian Luker, luxury real estate agent from Sarasota, Florida. Worked for a company named Michael Saunders and Company. Uh, we're known as the high end listing agents in our market, Sarasota, Florida. That's uh, Southwest Florida, just south of Tampa, above Naples. Um, right now, at the time of this video, I represent about 24 properties, all of which are over one million dollars, range up to uh, the four and five million dollar mark. Our luxury space is considered over $1 million. The average luxury sale here is between two million and $3 million. That's very common to get $5 million sales. And this year, we're actually going to do something that we've never done before in the Sarasota market. And that's going to be having four closed sales over the $10 million mark, one of which was for land value only. So it's a pretty neat marketplace to work in, but it's tough. 800,000 people in the population, and there are 8,000 licensed realtors. So one in 10 is a licensed agent in my market. Wow, so
0: you got to do something to sort of stick out. Hence the content creation and sort of uh, knowing what your brand is.
1: Have you always been in the luxury space? Absolutely not. I started. Uh, I started in two thousand twelve doing foreclosures, uh, short sales, all that jazz. The flea infested homes, but always wanted to get in the luxury space and didn't know how. I don't come from wealth. I come from lower, lower, lower middle class upbringings, and this is not my hometown. I've only been here for ten years. This is my seventh year in the business. So,
0: yeah. so do you have zero SOI coming into the market how long have you been practicing seven years seven years and you have already got 20 lists. that's pretty damn good in a market that you don't know anybody in and we're starting to get a lot more of these uh stories on the show here so let's start at the beginning like it's very hard to uh break into a niche that's not naturally yours so like you just said something at the beginning like i come from the ground i come from the bottom the rags the richest story it sounds like we got going on here and that's totally fine but how did you break into that market? And we'll get into the video side first. Like, how do you become a luxury person like me? Let's take me, for example. I wear fucking sandals and flip flops. I will repel attorneys, doctors, and anyone that wears a fucking suit. It's just not my brand. I've always been a dude. So I attracted other dudes in there or whatnot. So how do you go out and do that? Like, how did you go out and build that? And second question is, would you take anything under a million? Or do you refer that out? Or do you take anything that you get? You just tend to try to focus on the higher end and uh, call it seven figures or north of that here.
1: Well, most importantly, is I'll take anything. I'll work at any price point. Our market ranges from the two hundred and fifty three hundred thousand dollar entry level point all the way up to uh, the highest uh, listing we have in our market right now is twenty two million. I'm happy to take anything in there. I choose to focus my energy as a listing agent on, on the high end. I prefer that. I like the business relationship. But yeah, it was um, it was interesting getting started. So I, I knew I wanted to work in the luxury space. I mean, every agent does. We all do. And uh, it's just not that easy. Very few people make it. I, more lucky than anything, just straight fortunate. But um, I was smart enough to know to position myself in the right places to meet the people. So I was going to the happy hours at the swanky bars. I was going to the charity golf clubs. I was buying lunches. Like I had more money, you know. I came into the business with about fifty thousand dollars saved up. Thought that was going to last me for a year. Went through that in about fifteen minutes. Yeah, <laughs> no, not in those, not in those rooms. No. And as a matter of fact, when I first started, I was <laughs> I'm from Georgia, born and raised. So at the time, I'm driving, of all things, a lifted F-150, and not a pretty, <laughs> the room, not like the seventy five, eighty dollars $85,000 ones now. I mean, like an old, beat-up, lifted F-150, and uh, finally started getting myself in the room, started getting the phones to ring, and I actually had to go rent cars to go on listing presentations, because I knew I couldn't drive the truck, because would, I mean, they would see right through me, so fake it till you make it.
0: Yeah, no, there's a, I remember when my first showings, I used to, this is before you had the uh, maps on our phones. I used to have to map quest and I would have to go do a dry run before I would pick up my clients because I didn't want to look like a total idiot. And I didn't even know the city of Chicago. So I was like, I'd spend three hours just doing the dry run on where I'm going to take them. So it looked like I knew what the hell I was doing. People don't do that anymore. It's crazy. Like people go above it, above and beyond to do it. All right, well, let's get into this uh, video content. So you wanted to, and I don't know if you guys caught that. He said something very smart. And I agree with it is that you should always service anyone within your SOI or database, but any type of advertising or niche that you want to get into, pick it and own it and spend your advertising dollars. And correct me if I'm wrong, but are you spending, so like the money that you're putting into your business, marketing, advertising, building your brand, you're spending money on building the luxury brand, but you're always taking in your database. You're always marketing your database. Just your niche that you will spend energy on
1: will be in the luxury space. Does that sound correct? 100% 100% correct. My database is still my single most important thing. Funny story about the database that, that makes me laugh when I first started. Again, is my seventh year. I had a great manager at the time for the company. I've been with Michael Saunders the, company the whole time. But I had this manager. We had these accountability meetings on Mondays. And she would sit down and she'd go through you know, a handful of us that were brand new. And she'd go, your database is the most important thing. Your database is the most important thing. got to work your database. It has to be organized. I was sitting in the corner of the room, terrified and embarrassed. because I didn't know what the hell a database was. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the guy to the left like, did you buy it? Do you get this on Amazon? Like, what is a database? I had no idea. It took me like six months to realize it's the contacts in my phone. That's all it is. That's where you begin. Yeah. And you get a good laugh out of that to this day. Right. It, it's not
0: even your past clients. It's anyone you know because they all have the ability, they all live somewhere, folks. Don't overthink it. Like everyone's a possible client, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when. Technically, six to nine years, depending on your geographic market. So how did you get in the luxury side? You know, like I, I I get that part, and then you're like, I wanna play the big game. I wanna be, you know, the million dollar agent of Sarasota. Where do you start and why were you so stuck with creating content specifically for the luxury market? What were you held up on? And I'm curious, and I asked you that question because I'm sure there's a lot of other agents there.
1: So two parts to that question. Uh, the first part is how did I get into it? And that was way before there was you know, a marketing budget and a savings account where I could go and invest and choose how I wanted to market my dollars. I was smart enough and coached well enough by the few people that were older than me when I first started to know that you, know, you had to be face-to-face to get the immediate business. And that was it. I had to pay the bills. It's a true story. There, uh, you know, I was wearing used dress shirts at times. My outfit was black slacks and used tuxedo rental shirts, literally. So I had to go face to face, and that was knowing the knowledge. I, I had no listings, I had no resume, so I went into our what we call trend graphics, and that gives us all the different brokerages, uh, market stats, sales, pendings, etc. I knew that like the back of my hand. I had a killer sixty second elevator, you know, just in case I was ever given the opportunity, and then I would go and position myself as best I could at the proper restaurants, the uh, charity events, but. That's a. I mean, I burned conversations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so the first, uh, you know, first where it all began was uh, I volunteered for a breast cancer charity event. It was actually a bachelor auction, which is a little goofy and doesn't necessarily ring luxury. You, get, uh, you got raffled off. Literally got raffled. <laughs> off. First place, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say something very inappropriate. I won't.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I met I met one of the like uh, board meetings, and I'm just a volunteer. You know, I'm just one of the guys they're gonna have on stage. And afterwards this woman in yoga pants comes up to me and says, Hey, you're in real estate, right? And I said, Yes, ma'am, absolutely. She's My husband and I are thinking about putting our property back on the market. I really like your energy. I like the way you speak. Would you be interested? Are you taking new clients? I don't even think I had a listing period at the time. So I'm like, yeah, I've got room for one more client, I think, you know? Just and one know, more. Got, one more. Just one more. Yep. And I didn't know if the property was two hundred thousand or three hundred thousand dollars. Turned out to be four and a half million dollars. So, I get the listing presentation, go on the listing presentation. The husband was an incredible businessman. He was actually incredibly kind as well, but wildly smart, well known CEO. If I, I'm not going to say who he is, but if I did, you would certainly know who he is. And after the second interview, he sits me down and says, Brian, I think you're going to do extremely well at this. I like you. I support you. I cannot hire you to represent this property because you do not have the resume in this price point. And that was that. Like, wow, what do I do now? So, I kept following up. I kept following up. In the meantime, all I had to do was get one listing or, or one sale that would give him the affirmation to hire me. But the downfall is I'm prior military and a bunch of the guys that I was in the military with live here in Sarasota. And if you don't know that, we as Marines were pretty tough on each other. So all of my friends when I first started in real estate took it amongst themselves. They all work regular nine to five. So they've got landlines they can call from random numbers. Used to call me on the regular and pretend to be multi-million dollar clients, say, Hey, is this session set? Pull off the side of the road, you know, grab my pen and yeah. paper. All fakes, and then so one day I get this phone call, and it's this woman. She says, "Is this Brian Luker?" I said, "Yes, ma'am. Is this Brian Luker that sells multi-million dollar property?" Never have I ever, but the company I worked for did, and I'm myself and my brand. I said, "Yes, ma'am, it is." I said, well, I want, I want you to come sell my house. Blah blah blah. Like, well, this is obviously a prank call, and as I'm literally about to, you know, drop an expletive and hang up the phone on this woman, she asked me, "Do you want the address?" So well, that's kind of that's, that doesn't sound like a prank call, and I happened to be sitting at my laptop, so I jumped on the property records. I said, "Yes, ma'am, what's the address?" Turns out it was a 9,000 square foot home in a country club, $2.2 million. Went on the listing presentation, got hired, went back to my $4 million listing presentation, got hired there as well because I was the only one still following up with the guy a month later. And I picked up the listing and out of nowhere, I had almost $7 million in listing. Interesting.
0: This is uh, he brought up a couple good points. Have you ever read Josh Altman's book? It's called, it's on my desk here. Uh, it's your move. Have you ever read that book? It's in my Amazon shopping um, cart. Okay, so it's the same story. It's identical. Like if uh, we, I did, I saw Josh Altman at an event. I don't know him personally. I saw him at an event we were speaking at, and I uh, got a chance to talk to him in the background and or whatnot. The same presentation he gave is is really like a summary of his book. And he started his career off in um, like in Hollywood, but just hanging out at the at the Starbucks that all the stars went to. And he did the same thing. Like it's, it's identical to what you just described. Folks, you have to put yourself in the room with the business that you want to attract. The reason why I never became a luxury agent is because my friends didn't make that much money if I was relied on my SOI. But the older I got, the more money I made because they all started making more money, right? So it, it, it truly is the average you hang out with. And the appointment is generated. That this two, two-fold battle. You gotta get the call first. That's Amen. generated because of the charity events and because of the personal relationship that you have and the personal brand that you've built, People either like you or they don't. You first have to get them to talk to you. I could tell you got that personality because I saw a couple of your videos before we got on here. But part two of it is then, yeah, the ongoing like, brand. And honestly, people think like people in the luxury market like talk or act differently. Folks, trust me, they look just like you do when they take a shower. Um, oh, yeah. There's no difference for them. But I think ultimately what most people in that space care about is really more of the uh, kind of trust this person ultimately first and foremost. And at the end of the day, what you have to do is you have to be the most authentic self, version of yourself.
1: Without a doubt. And that was, you know, the main reason I wanted to focus on the luxury space in our market is because there is so much competition. One in 10 people here is a licensed agent. The luxury market here is dominated by 8 or 10 agents who've been doing this. I'm 34 years old at the time of this, turning 35 next week. But there are agents who are dominating our luxury industry that have been doing this as long as I have been. A lot, literally. So, you know, so if you want to make it anywhere in our town without you know, working 180 hours a week, you've got to get in the luxury space. And that was my driving force behind it. But yeah, it's been a
0: crazy. You have a good,
1: none of those agents are doing videos. I'm sure.
0: All of them have up. blue, all of them have blue hair. That's the opportunity right now, guys. And with content, and we'll get into the video side of this next, like with video, with any content, like video allows you to get noticed because let's face it, out of the 8,000 agents in your marketplace, how many of them actually really are creating video content consistently? And I'm not talking about like creating a listing video where you hire some photographer that you're not even featured in. I'm right. talking about how much, how much content are you creating? How many people are creating content that really has personality into it and
1: are doing it consistently? I'm not talking no, about a no, one-off. No, and, and, you know, the greatest thing is, and, and, you know, I've been listening to you now for quite some time, and you've been a, an enormous driving force in me creating content. In particular. Hell yeah. Take action, folks. <laughs> Just do something. And, I mean, yeah. I've now ranged from, you know, the raw, shaky iPhone with no mic uh, you know, all sort of messed up aspect ratios, just direct to YouTube. To, I've hired a photographer to, or a videographer to, to shadow me around. I've covered the gamut now and I'm loving all of it. But in literally less than a year's time, the response I've gotten, and I'm not just talking about my peers and I don't care who's responding to it. It's great that I had do have high net worth clients that are responding to it. But, you know, for instance, we were out at a, a big neighborhood music festival they do here where they shut down the streets and there's thousands of people. I must've had 30 people come up to me and my group of people and comment on my videos. Whether any of them transact with me or not, that's letting me know that it's okay to not look at the comments, not look at the likes, just put the content out there. People are watching, but I have clients, literally some of my highest net worth clients who are all moving to Instagram, watching. These are people that own their own private jets who are commenting, loving the videos. And it's just crazy. And they're baby boomers. Their children are my age or older. They're watching it. They're consuming it because they are just like you and I. They're incredibly intellectual. They're just like you and
0: I. Well, every single high net worth person is, chances are they're an entrepreneur who also was willing to be uncomfortable and put themselves out there. So therefore they respect you as opposed to like some, you know, spoiled elitist brat that never fucking picked up a hammer a day in their life. Right. Like that's, that's just the
1: truth of it. Like people who are wealthy work their ass off. That's why they're wealthy. Exactly. And I don't face the entitlement. I'm not, you know, we do have millennial buyers in our marketplace and as they're getting older, their maturity is growing. But you know, like you keep saying, like-minded people, people, you know, you work with who the folks that are like, you don't feel bad if you don't vibe with someone. I'm okay with that. And I'm watching these millennial buyers as they get older and older and they're starting to mature. And now they are starting to come to me because I've been around the last four or five, six years when they were out partying, didn't care. Well, now they're wanting to appreciate their wealth a little bit and I get the dry message. Hey, can I ask you a question? And I know that's I'm the trusted advisor when that comes through, even if it's on Facebook, Messenger, Instagram, who knows what it's on. Yeah. So true. So talk to me about your video
0: strategy. Now, content wise, you're focusing your entire content off building the luxury type brand, right? So right. let's start first with what type of content you're going to create. Everybody that we get that comes to us is, I don't know what to say. I look fat and I don't know what to say. And then I don't know how to shoot it. If you don't know your own story, you'll never know what to say. You have to know what you stand for first. And that's the whole point of building a brand to begin with. But how do you, what did, tell me, walk me through it. What did you decide
1: and what did you end up doing? So this has actually been really difficult for me, you know, and, and again, go back to just this year, let's say again, you know, like I guess you have been a huge part of me getting into video, you're getting the guts to do it. Already seeing the response from it, but then all of a sudden I had to take the whole the thirty thousand foot view of video content and creating of content and look at my market and my niche and what I do and that's the luxury space. If there's anything I've learned of working with these high net worth individuals, they see through bullshit faster than anyone. Totally. They are sold every day, all day. They see it a mile away. If you can't be authentic and if you can't add value, they want nothing to do with you. you Got to come in eight ways from Sunday. So how do I go out and create valuable content that they're going to see without pushing real estate down their throat without saying I sold X, Y, Z, you know, ABC. So what I've been trying to do is find my home in that. And I think I've really gotten pretty close with it. And it's almost being a, how would you say a liaison or a connector? Um, go back to the uh, TV show, lifestyles of the rich and famous. What I was, was just going to
0: say the lifestyles of the rich and famous.
1: Yeah. Well, I can't remember his name of course, now that we're here, but, um, that was great. And so, you know, I have access to that. That is my everyday. I'm in these beautiful homes. I'm with these people. I see the lifestyle they live. I get to fly in their jets every so often. But not everyone is, and the vast majority aren't. So I have discovered that that allows me, one, to, without exposing them or, or, or you know, putting them on the spot, but just to speak to that lifestyle, one, shows I know what I'm talking about in their world because that's so true. They want to do business with people that operate in their own social and worth circles. Yep. So you've got to be able to put that show on, whether that's you or not. Yep. But, you know, it allows me to provide authenticity and experience in that market that I know what I'm talking about. And yet it's wildly entertaining for the masses. Yeah. So everyone who is going to sell the $500,000, $600,000, they love this stuff. High net worth people are watching saying, this is the guy that keeps putting out the videos about this, about that. It's knowledge-based. It's fun. It's high energy. I laugh at myself. I make mistakes on the video. So... Myself to come through. Let's go
0: through and let's brainstorm this out, sir. Sort of. I think this would be a good show if we just keep on, on going. A question, I'm just going to ask you a question on different styles of videos. And if you're not doing them, I'm going to give you a couple of different ideas.
1: I've got um, my pit so and pad
0: ready what to go now. <laughs> what, what is the rich and famous like? I'm thinking of like, I would do it's all hyper focused community content, but what do the rich and famous like? Okay? They like wine tastings, they like wine pairings. You could create, I don't know if you guys have vineyards by you or not, but if not, you, I'm sure you have wine pairing shops. That would be content someone would probably like. Absolutely. You could you could do. We just did a video for an agent in Orange County, and um, we grabbed ten bottles of wine and we pitched a real estate content video through wine. And she gave her whole presentation talking about branding by just using the wine bottles as props. And she was she's about seventy five years old and she's able to carry on a good story because we're just relating it to what she already does.
1: 100%. Anyways,
0: cigar shops,
1: you know, literally getting my pen
0: and paper while you're talking. golf, golf, country clubs. Golf courses, I would want to know about anything lifestyle-generate, golf, leisure, high-end restaurants, I'd probably focus on the steak shops and the places that you can't get into without a reservation. Stuff along those lines would be content, and that makes a lot of sense because that content will also can be used doubled up. Even though you're created for the luxury space, you still use it to nurture your own SOI, and then you become that much more of a with amongst them.
1: Yeah, 100%. You know, They love going to these super exclusive wine tastings at the country club so you know like plump jack is a very famous wine it's very attainable but this is something that the high net worth order by the cases whereas we might have one or two bottles a year as as regular folk so to sit down with the rep and this is coming off the cup but if i were to sit down with the plump jack rep when they were in town and do a quick thing that'd be amazing you know
0: totally let's think about neighborhood tours and you did i saw one so um you sent me a video before and i watched it really quick and um he did it on uh you had an island with the seven largest houses or like there's a strip of these seven largest houses and you told the story, you did it really well, it's well scripted, and you did it with uh talking about the most expensive house in your zip. That fits that market one hundred percent because they all have egos. And if they don't have the most expensive house, trust me, that's their job now to go buy it to one-up somebody else.
1: <laughs> 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 totally. <laughs> so
0: it's yeah. like that's that's cool. Neighborhood tours focusing on the lifestyle, of the most expensive neighborhood, you could actually do rank the seven neighborhoods. You could create an overall video of about the seven neighborhoods with summaries of each, then go
1: back and do each one individually. 100%. So that video where I did the most expensive home in Sarasota, which was $22 million that we've actually been building up to that. That began as a little, okay. I'm not going to say series, but uh, literally me, you know, it started the first one with me holding the iPhone myself. And what I did was, not even like gated communities, but like the secret streets where the high net worth homes were, where regular people just don't know to drive. So I parked myself off the way, and you know, speak with the phone, looking back, and say, you know, "This is such and such Avenue. Uh, this is you know, on the water here." And you, know, most people, I, I called it like secret streets of Sarasota. And I uh, cool. did move up, and I invested in a gimbal, bought myself a gimbal, did a little bit better, and then finally did the one with a videographer. And I do. I think it's great. It's entertaining. It's add value, and you know, most people don't have access to that that part of town and a lot of the high net work don't necessarily know where to look when they come to town. Yeah. So it's educational for them. Yep. You could
0: even all these business owners, you could even like interview them, all these personal people, like after the transaction, I would create a case study out of them, the clients That's you've nice. served, but don't curate The case study more on how they generate that lifestyle as opposed to the transaction they serve. That's already going to come out. It's going to be evident. Right. Um, that would be a really cool way to do it. I honestly, I think you gave it away with just doing golf, wine and cigars.
1: Yeah. And travel, Travel's travel, travel. Yeah. Like, travel. Definitely. Deep sea fishing, like any of that. So here's what, you know, when I, about three, five months ago, give or take, when I was just, I was still terrified. So I I bought the microphone, the gimbal and a ring light. Uh, I think I actually bought the kit you, you have on your website that had the two mics and yeah. something. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I see a news article come out, literally, I like got a push alert on my phone that some famous charter aircraft had landed at our airport. I just kind of opened it real quick. And it's called the Crystal Sky. And it's, just, it's literally a private Boeing 777, which is a massive, long-haul, you know, air, massive airplane, was here on a private charter to take 35 or 40 people on a private wine-tasting tour to South Africa. The charter of the jet one-way New York to Paris is $400,000. I read this in the morning, canceled my appointments, grabbed a friend, drove to the airport, just drove around the airport until I could find the airplane and get in the position to shoot the video and just talked about what they were doing. How to, The tickets were $35,000 apiece. So seventy grand per couple, fly nonstop Sarasota to South Africa and man, I had clients ask me, what the heck is that? How did I not get invited? I had every one of my friends in social circle, you know, who are you know middle class, lower middle, whatever you are. What is that? How did you get Such a good attention getter.
0: Have you ever been on a $35,000 wine tasting? (laughs) Jesus, no. That's a great (laughs) attention getter. Did you guys notice what he just said there again? Like you have to realize that content creation is modern day prospecting and content creation in these videos, they live forever as long as you know how to you know, correctly position them and put them on YouTube and put them on your site and multi-purpose them. But what happened? He found an opportunity to create content. He stopped what he was doing to go out and create that content. I think the number one reason a lot of people don't do this is because it doesn't provide an immediate gratification. And we want an instant, we, if we don't get an appointment as a result instantly of us doing something, we therefore think it doesn't work.
1: So true. The the attracting business is a long-term play. It's the dense, the deep, the proper play.
0: 100%. Legion is always changing. Like this is what, uh, it's funny because you see a lot of these tech companies come in and out. We'll name any, but tech company comes in, tech company comes out. Well, guess what? In three years, their strategy is fucking dated. And if you don't believe me, go look at all the fucking Facebook companies that came out where they at now. It's a targeting went away. Well, they got to come up with a new strategy. Look at Zillow, all the people that relied on Zillow and Realtor.com. Look what's happening now. Well, they just left everybody because agents couldn't close the deals. Now they went to a referral model. So you can't hang your hat on that. I know plenty of people that are going out of business because they relied and hung so much of their hat on Zillow and on Realtor.com. They've never built a brand. So the only recession-proof model that ever exists amongst any business is the brand you create for yourself because it'll survive whatever changes there are and how you market them will change but maintaining relationships with them won't you know so it's like people that's awesome that you you stopped what you're doing because you understand that that content creation is and people are still talking about that video like agents will pay three thousand dollars five thousand dollars a month to get a bunch of strangers to ask them to call them but they won't spend five hundred dollars a month on the most important asset that is responsible for over 80% of your fucking business. <laughs> like, is there something asked backwards with that? Sorry for my language, folks, but if I don't swear, I don't think I'll get it through your thick skull. Literally, it's right in front of you. All you gotta do is ask for it. But instead, we decide to go out and chase a bunch of strangers and taste leads because the lattice guru told me that that is the way that you create a real estate business, right? <laughs> crazy absolutely crazy how much of your business today comes from uh, relationship building as opposed to lead
1: generation prospecting i would say at least 55 percent is referral based without a doubt my database existing and past clients who are referring me it's it's a crazy crazy tight-knit group and high net worth they were they turn to each other for guidance so getting in and keeping them happy and maintaining the relationship with past clients is absolutely crucial. Um, a couple of years ago, I started getting the, the random leads, you know, internet where people were finding my website, finding me on Google, et cetera, which is the greatest feeling in the world. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But I'm a one man shop. I don't have a team. I'm not doing a hundred units a year. I am a whale hunter. I'm a one man shop. I'm after big fish. I'm in the long play. Like I said, two to three years is the average life cycle of my clients. So it's awesome when I get those unique calls or, Hey, I found you on Google. That's awesome. I don't trust that the Google algorithm isn't going to change next year and throw away all the work I've done there. The people that I do business with is what's most important. Word of mouth is everything. Who
0: cares if they do? When you own your own brand,
1: you could, who cares if they change? Yeah. And the like, one thing every person has in common is social media, whether yeah. it's wife, the husband, the daughter, the son. So everyone comes back.
0: I got this, uh, stat, uh, since the 2019 profile of home buyers and sellers. And we're gonna, I'm going to show you what NAR says um, business comes from for real estate agents. And let's do repeat buyers, okay? Well, first, let's just do all buyers. 41% of all buyers found and closed with their agent by way of referral. And 12% of all buyers used that agent previously in the past. 7% of all buyers were referred to them by another realtor or another agent. And an additional 4 and 3% were from open house and signage. So like over 80% of the business comes from people we personally know, met or have used in the past. But let's look at the repeat business stats. So repeat business, there are only 35% of repeat buyers were referred to their agent. 18% of repeat buyers used their agent in the past. Only 18%. What an know? interesting transition. It just it's crazy because that meant that 82% of your buyers cheated on you with another agent. That's what this is saying right here, right? And even, it's sad that, and even repeat buyers are being referred to a new agent. What does that tell you? It tells you that A, we do an absolutely horrible job of maintaining and cultivating the relationships we already have. And then B, actually I think that's it.
1: (laughs) I am experiencing that first person right now with a series of clients that reminded me as much as I'm pushing, and I am, I am quadrupling down on video, quadrupling down on social, but it doesn't change the fact that, that my business and I think all of our business, is, it's relationship-based. And that's what we have that no one can get. But yeah. I took a, a listing probably, let's say three and a half years ago, three years ago now. A woman walks into my open house for $1.5 it was a tear-down home. Uh, vacant, I'm not even really sure why I was there, but you know, I, I do believe in open houses, especially if you want to break into the luxury space. Write that down if that's something you guys are Open interested. houses close more deals than Zillow. Open fact. houses and signage. Just a fact.
0: NAR came up with this. We're not making this stuff up, folks. Like, and then like, people don't want to sit open houses.
1: $30 million dollars in closed sales from one single open house I did on C.S. The Key. It was a $900,000 open house that led to help me get the $4 million open house, which was a part of the $2 million. It just goes on and on and on. This this was a part of that lineage. This woman walks in, same thing. She was dressed in like jean shorts, didn't look for anything. Wasn't super friendly, honestly. I was polite. Of course, I couldn't get her to sign in. I couldn't get her name. She was European. Husband calls me a couple days later, invites me over, looks at the $3.5 million home that is currently listed, fires the agent, hires me, we sell the home, buy a condo. So we sell the home for $2.5 million, buy a condo for $1 million. So now we're at 3.5 in total volume. They live there for a year. And now, no matter how advanced we get, you can never turn your back on the basics. Apparently, I did because they went to go sell the condo. And did they call me? No. Did you stay in touch with them? Not well enough, obviously. Yeah. That's the only answer. So they spent six months on the market with another agent, didn't sell, and called me and said, Will you please come back to work with us? Of course, I said, absolutely. They're like, I got to think about it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I will. I thought, I'm good. <laughs> so, true. lifted that for a million. Within two weeks of taking that, they referred me to their neighbor in the building. So, that's, a mil- that's 1.2 million. Neighbor's 1.7 million. And now we're at 6 million just from that. But heaven forbid, like, all I can think about is how fortunate I am that they had it's to go one deal. Me. It's the little things that lead the next deal. I'll tell
0: you a similar story on the opposite end of the spectrum, but same concept. So back in the short sale days, I, took, I got a referral for a $15,000 short sale. That's a sales price, $15,000 sales price. I know that's your average commission, dick, but um, <laughs> this is the sale price of a property. and Not to mention a short sale on the south side of Chicago, infested with piss, shit, rats, mice, mold, you name it. Disgusting. Long story short, I never turned down business because I believed in value relationships. But after we closed the nightmare deal, we maybe netted, I think, $100. Um, <laughs> my commission check on that after 90 days worth of work. But I didn't care because what ended up happening was I also didn't know. Same thing. You're like, oh, this guy's a total loser. He only has a $15,000 short. So what kind of scam did he get? it? Most agents would be like, uh, uh. but I didn't know that he had a $400,000 condo to sell. Then he had a $300,000 condo to sell. And then he ended up referring me two to $3 million of business that calendar year. So sure. it doesn't matter, folks. The business is always in the relationship because you don't know what lurks around the corner from that. That's a fact. And, yep. It's, uh, it's, it's funny you say that. It's, like it's the same thing. It never fails. It's like the, the biggest deals come from when we least expect them. But when you're consistent in the way that you approach everything, you'll capitalize on those opportunities.
1: Correct. 100%. The largest residential real estate transaction I've ever been involved in. I almost did not take the lead because I didn't think the man was for real. He would not give me a budget, told me openly he would not get in the car with me very strange and the, Oh, and told me he was already committed to another market. He was dead set on Naples. And I said, well, you no, know, no, this adds up. Like everyone has a budget. I don't care how wealthy you are. You're not coming down here with an open checkbook. And all the man would say is, I just want to see the best you have. I'm like, of course you do. Everyone would love to come get in the car and go see the you know, top of the top of the top. Yep. I was like, all right, we're going to give it a go. I did some research, found some things that looked, looked like it was, but uh, he actually smoked cigarettes so much. That's why he wouldn't ride in the car. And then in the end, after two trips down, bought an $8 million home, listed for 10, bought it for eight. Yeah, you should have bought him a carton and got in the car with them and lit up. That's what I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> we did do some cool stuff. We did we get the trip off by boat down here, which is pretty nice. And that was what really won him over. So That's that was funny. a cool
0: experience. Cool, man. Well, um, I really appreciate you sharing uh, your story here and um, how you're, you know, w- w- folks, whether you're in the luxury market or the short sale market or the foreclosure, or the divorce, It doesn't matter. Create content for that audience that they like. It's all the same stuff, right? I create content for realtors. Um, and then I meet people like yourself and that's how we find a lot of our clients. But once you become in the content creation game, you force yourself to have more conversations you wouldn't have otherwise had because you're putting yourself out there. And it really is that simple. Like someone has to take notice. The only time, you know, when this doesn't this whole content thing, at least in real estate, I can't speak on every other industry. But I can speak on real estate because we've done this with hundreds and hundreds of people and everyone has the same fucking results. When you put yourself in a position that uh, you generate a lot of attention around your brand, the only time it doesn't work is when the people that are seeing your content don't like you. And if that's the case, you're in the wrong business. That's a fact. And you've
1: got to be aware of that.
0: Yep. 100%. All right, man. Well, I think uh, we could get this thing wrapped up. Why don't you go ahead and uh, plug yourself, folks? Maybe you guys could send us some referrals in the Sarasota market. Um, or whatever else. I don't know. This floor is yours. You shared your story. So we'd like to give you the last few seconds here.
1: Cool. Well, I mean, I'm at a stage right now where brainstorming is everything. You know, I love to help people. I'm really looking to brainstorm with other people in the luxury market or whether you're thinking about getting in the luxury market or already are or just have a really good idea. Um, It's tough. You know, creating content and putting yourself out there is not easy, especially in my world. You know, people think we run around and have to be prim and proper and, and can only speak a certain way and behave a certain way. So doing our content is even more difficult, but I'm doing it my way. And I can tell you right now it's working, but if you've got any ideas, I'd love to link up. If not, just follow me on Instagram. That's my primary platform where you're going to find stuff. I'm on all the other ones, YouTube and, and Facebook, but I'd love to connect. I always love to brainstorm. I like to see who's doing it best and how they're doing it. And if you ever want to pick my brain, you're welcome to. You can find me on Instagram at Brian Loebker, L O E B K E R underscore real underscore state. Brian Loebker real estate on Instagram. We'd love to connect.
0: Cool, man. Appreciate it, Brian. Thanks for sharing your story. And folks, thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing You Do podcast. Folks, if you like this content creation thing, can I please just make it extremely easy on you? Not only will uh, I figure out what you create content on, but I'll write your script and I'll help you distribute them. Basically, all you need is a heartbeat and we can probably turn you into a content creator. But the inner drive has to come in from within you. You'll script, edit, and distribute your videos for you. And in no time, you'll be saving thousands and thousands of dollars because you don't need a videographer. All you need is the right story mixed with the right editing, and boom, you're in business. You know where to find us, realestatemarketingdude.com, realestatemarketingdude.com. Follow us on YouTube, social media, Facebook, Instagram. Look for The Real Estate Marketing Dude, and you'll see me on there, connect, follow, and you'll see all of the videos that we're creating. And hopefully that I'll give you some insight to get started just like Brian here did. Brian came here and listening to the show, awesome. You went and took action on the show and now you're creating
1: content. And are you still shy to create videos? Every single one I make, it gets easier and easier and I get more and more confident.
0: Yeah. It's just like, uh, I mean, anytime you do something for the first time, it makes you, I mean, I was nervous the first time I rode a bike. It didn't mean, I didn't stop.
1: Don't take a break. I've learned that. I took like a 45 day break from recording and it was like getting my feet wet all over again. So just keep it going.
0: It is. it's also like building your brand all over again. Think if you stopped farming your same neighborhood, you've been farming for 12 months and you took two months off of that. Well, you just fucked up the previous 12. It's no differently in building a brand and content creation. Keep it simple, folks. Consistent communication to the same audience over time builds a brand for you and basically become the most unforgettable agent. It's not rocket science. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Brian, awesome show. I will talk to you soon, boss. Awesome. Thanks again. See you later. Bye-bye. Today's episode may be over, but we have plenty more to keep you busy. To get your complete blueprint for building out a real marketing plan for your real estate business, head over to realestatemarketingdude.com and see if you have what it takes to really become more than just a typical agent. Are you the next real estate marketing dude? Find out here next time on Real
1: Estate Marketing Dude.